today, the conclusion of how to build a $100 million real estate portfolio. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott, welcome back to the podcast. So sure, hope you are having yourself a wonderful day. So if you're listening to this in real time and you're listening to this just as it comes out, you will probably have been just waited with bated breath since the last episode came out with Brian and myself. And you're going, how can we hear us, Russ? How can we have to wait an entire week before we get this next part to this episode? You know what? Good things come to those who wait too, right? And if you are listening to this well after the fact, you have the magic of the uh, podcast player and the internet. You can just go directly from episode 94, 94 to 95, right? So, Either way, got you covered. Okay, gang. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day, like I just mentioned. Um, been having an awful lot of fun lining up some new episodes here. Got some wonderful um, guests coming up. Have some wonderful training materials as well. Is also committing to doing um, more live stream on my YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet subscribed, I strongly encourage you to jump over to, to YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Russell Westcott. I'm... I believe it's, yeah, it's just youtube.com slash Russell Westcott. Or show notes, there will be um, there as well. I'm, gonna, I'm committing to do more, more live broadcast, more, you know, if you will, maybe even just some off-the-cuff Q&A. You never know. Just if you've subscribed to my podcast, you may see that I'm going live, and I might just be the intention of that going live on YouTube. We'll be just doing Q&A. I'll have a list of questions that have probably been already asked and maybe a whole bunch of that, but you just never know if you actually get it in the right timing. Come on, jump on in. Jump on into the live broadcast on YouTube and uh, we'll have a conversation. Uh, I'll answer your question. I will set aside enough time to go through all the questions that will come through and we'll go as deep and as long as you want. If you guys are on there and you want, and almost in some cases it'll be like personal coaching. And if you want to go as deep and as long as you want, I'll stick around as long as I have lots of good questions coming in. I will just keep cranking out. I, You know what? I've, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I've been blessed over the years of having such amazing mentors and amazing guidance and amazing Sherpas that have helped me up the mountains that I've climbed. And when you've been blessed, you need to be a blessings, a blessing to others. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm here to do is to help be a blessing to each and every one of you. If you want to come out and you want to listen to my podcast, you want to listen to the live stream, and you want your questions answered, I will make myself available during that time. And I've just been blessed by so many amazing people in my life. Segue perfectly into the next level of conversation I have with Brian, Brian Polis and myself. Um, you know, just truly honored that I do that. I can call Brian uh, a colleague, that I can call Brian um, a very good friend. That if I needed to, if I needed to jump on a call and I said, Brian, I need a little bit of help. Uh, you know. Walk me through a problem I'm having a hard time seeing there. Brian would definitely pick up the phone and would have all day to help answer that. So what I'm saying that to is not to impress you. What I'm saying that to is to impress upon you 
that you need to have amazing leaders and amazing people in your life, people that you can reach out to, people that will help you move forward on your journey. And that's what I would like to think this little project of my podcast is doing in in a small way is to helping you move forward. Okay, gang, as you know, we've been building the story here. We've been building the story about how to build a $100 million portfolio. We talked an awful lot about working with family. The first two parts, we dove a lot more into the background and the context of Brian's, you know, how he got started, his first properties, his furniture business, how the lessons he's learned, you know, the the manifestation story of the person and the vision. And this one, we get into a lot more detail on the, the, the scaling. We get a lot more detail into the working with the family. We get a lot more detail into what is next for Brian, legacy planning, the wonderful things like that. And um, it's just a perfect ending to an amazing story. Okay, game. So make sure you stick around right to the very end. Got a, a little bit of a message to wrap up with you at the end. And with all that being said, please help welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Brian Polis. All right, then we're back, Brian. Man, here, here's what's coming out of a lot of these. And guys, if you're watching many of these interviews, you, you can already tell that a lot of these interviews are turning into potential multi-parts and, and and a good interview will always leave more to be asked yeah. after the fact too. So, so um, thank you once again for the invitation to here to opening up your beautiful office and your, um, and I know if we had enough time and coordinated, we probably would have done it up in your cabin. Yes. In your, in your, your Belize property. I imagine Absolutely. that is your Belize. It is, yeah. uh, Describe it for, for everyone here for, the, and this is the place you bought in 2002. It is. It's is, actually, I got a really, really, I, I'll try to keep it short for you, yes. but it's a really incredible story. Um, in my, uh, when my when I was about eleven, my yes. brother was my brother was born, and my parents purchased a trailer um, to put in a trailer park mm-hmm. and be treated as our cottage. Yeah. Um, and the reason why my it was with my brother is simply because now there was five kids and not enough room in a car to be yeah. kind of traveling all over Canada as we uh, as we did before then. But um, so they they put this trailer in a trailer park in Midland, Ontario. Yep. And I somewhat grew up there. And so as a kind of 10, 11 year old, 12 year old, my dad and I used to go trolling. We used to go Mm -hmm. fishing. And occasionally we would go around the bend is what I call it, right? And it's really only about a kilometer away from from where the trailer park was. But um, we would troll around the corner and only able to go there on the really, really nice summer days when it's calm. So, as we would be going around this corner, I'd be looking at this cottage and there was one, it was early 60s, or sorry, early 70s at that time. Um, and there was this cottage that was just being built yep. and it was huge to me. I mm-hmm. mean, it was, you know, a two story cottage. Um, and, um, you know, keep in mind, I was growing up in a 950 square foot, you know, bungalow. Mm-hmm. Um, with an unfinished basement and five kids in it, right? right. So, um, and, um, you know, so, but my parents did an amazing job of trying to give us everything and mm-hmm. including the trailer and the boat and everything else, right? So, so here I was experiencing every now and then going by this cottage and I would see kids playing outside and, and I would just, you know, take it, soak it all in, yeah. right? So um, anyways, um, 30 years later, 
I'm looking at buying a cottage. By then, my dad had moved away from there, and um, you know, he'd uh, and then we bought our own trailer, and we were up in Honey Harbor, which is about 20 minutes from there, mm -hmm. from Midland, that is. And we started looking for for a cottage, yep. and uh, we ended up buying this one in in Midland. Mm -hmm. Two years after I bought it, I'm sitting on the deck, and I see this old man going by with his uh, kid fishing and I thought, oh my, my dad and I used to do that. Yeah. And I started quickly going up and down the shoreline looking for this cottage. Mm -hmm. And as it's happening to me right now, which you can't see, but yeah. goosebumps went all over my arm when I realized I bought it. I actually am you didn't in realize the cottage. It was. No, because when I bought it, I yeah. bought it from the road. Yeah, I drove. Yeah. When I came to see it yeah. for the first time, I came from the road, not from the water. As a kid, I was always seeing it from the water. Right. Right. And and obviously everything had changed in that area by then. This was no longer a big cottage. It was mm -hmm. just a, you know, a thousand square foot cottage. I mean, it was a big enough cottage, yeah. but it uh, wasn't as big as everything else wow. was in that uh, in that area now. So. Talk about manifesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, I, I just had flashbacks of it's amazing how clear life can get trolling mm -hmm. with a fishing rod in your hand <laughs> yeah. and nothing else to do other That's than right. just to be just to be yeah right yeah. and just those precious moments and those those are the mm -hmm. those are the moments that we you know at the end of the day those are the ones that we will remember yeah. more than more than a piece of real estate you bought or the mm -hmm. duplex or the student house those are all wonderful yeah. those are those are just keeping score exactly but it's those moments yeah. right yeah. that you can actually share with uh and I imagine you and kyle and your your new your family is having a awful lot of these right. maybe the boat's a little bigger and yeah, the, yeah. it's got speakers on it now and it's Wi-Fi or something right, and skiing. Yeah, and yeah. So, oh, no, it, it's a great place. Yeah. My, my daughter Brittany's up there all the time with yeah. her boyfriend as well. And, and Kyle's there with his uh, young family now yeah. and uh, our little grandson, Benny. And yeah. we're just having a you know amazing time up there. Oh, and yeah. that's all been afforded by real estate, if by you really estate. think about it, right? Uh, like as I yeah. shared with the story, my, I yeah. purchased the cottage with the cash flow that yeah. was being generated by the two... Uh, student houses that I first acquired. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to transition into raising <laughs> a public capital after that, but we yeah. might as well just do it, right? Yeah. So you've now, uh, the part of the story we're going to share is you've, you've, you know, bought properties, you've, you know, you've raised capital to joint ventures, you've, you probably maybe did, um, I'll probably get some of the terminology wrong, and please feel free to correct me. Maybe you did a first offering memorandum mm -hmm. with things, and then you started putting together um, a fund. Yep. A limited, is it a limited partnership? Limited partnership. An LP, yeah. okay. Um, would you do that again? If knowing now what you know now, would you go that same route? Or, or so let me ask the first question. Um, what is the process to, to kind of get there in, in just a really high level? Thing, and would you do things a little different now in today's day and age, uh, knowing what you know now? If I knew what I knew now and know the, 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 the challenges that mm -hmm. you'd be facing, then perhaps I would have been discouraged and maybe not got into it in the first place. Right. Um, but I am incredibly grateful mm -hmm. that I didn't have that that knowledge. Right. And that was you were jaded or, or, or dissuaded from doing it, right? That's right. But I also have you know, an incredible work ethic that mm -hmm. I'm not giving up. So um, I don't rely on you bringing me the groceries mm -hmm. for me to have dinner. Right. I may hire you to bring me groceries, but if you're not bringing them, I'm still mm -hmm. gonna go and kill my own, right. you know, right, dinner. It's yeah. like, I'm not gonna starve because you didn't bring it. So, and the reason why I'm saying that is that 
raising money, um, you know, when you now are going out to the public to raise it, can be very, very challenging. Yeah. You know, um, there's an there's an incredible amount of securities laws that you have mm -hmm. to um, to be mindful of. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, there is a lot of kind of. Um, you know contracts and yeah. and 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 there's you know most of my time is actually dealing with raising capital, dealing with lawyers, dealing with accountants, yeah. and and probably and not real estate. It's probably more around the whole thing about protecting everything and disclosures of everything, yep. not actually the doing of it. Well, you know, it, exactly. Doing what you love, right? Well, exactly, and it's like it's fortunate that you know we have this great team where mm -hmm. you know my son and I are um, you know as much as we're best friends, we're also you know great partners. Mm -hmm. You know where we complete each other, and yep. um, uh, many many have called us the gas and the brake, right? Where right. you know he's the he's the gas and wanting to move the company forward, mm -hmm. which is fantastic, and I'm the brake, which is you know basically slowing that down yep. a little bit so that we can you know continuously backfill and make sure that we have mm -hmm. the the support that we need to carry it. Yeah. Um, but you know it's I don't. You know, when I get people asking me questions about real estate, I have to I have to be honest with them. It's mm -hmm. like I'm a bit out of date now when it comes yeah. to some of these things. It's mm -hmm. that I don't really deal in real estate. I deal in the business of real estate, but not real estate. Right. Right. Um, you know, so when it comes to you know where to buy a property and and, and so on, that's not really my forte right well, now. That's why you have other people. That's that's it. right. And that's the mantle that Kyle's taking on. Absolutely. He's kind of in charge of acquisitions. He's in, in charge. charge right now. Actually, yeah. he's moving into kind of taking over everything okay. um, um, with me, you know, overseeing some areas, of course, mm -hmm. and still having, um, I mean, I'm still a part of the business, don't yep. get me wrong, but there's an, there's a lot of what I'll call special projects mm -hmm. that are, um, that are needed in, in, in our business as we're growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, and I'm, I, I love doing that type yep. of thing. And, um, and it's incredibly important for, for the right. team and for him. So, right. and is your primary business model today? It's, it's buy undervalued, renovate, uh, recapitalize and rent out at market rate. And then just, that's the, absolutely. And, keep, and just keep steady as she goes. That's right. We Wait. buy apartment buildings yep. that were built primarily in the sixties and seventies mm -hmm. that haven't seen renovations since then. Yeah. Um, original owners, probably original, original owners. builders. Yeah. They're just looking to yeah. get out and yeah, and purchase from individuals that are primarily unsophisticated real mm -hmm. estate uh, investors. Yeah. Um, some of them are just ma and pa. Yeah. Uh, many of them are ma and pa investors that yeah. really don't have the interest or mm -hmm. the sophistication to be able to learn about the landlord and tenant laws and right. how to work within them. Right. Um, and so, therefore. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity in these buildings to take them, you know, to, with their current use. Mm -hmm. And although the use is the same in the sense that it's still a residential multifamily property, the tenant and their affordability of, of a unit is, is dramatically increased with our improvements. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. Now, from the from the standpoint of, obviously, money is needed to buy these places. Mm -hmm. So I, I imagine... I'm not going to put the words in your mouth. You can you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, always the first place you always do is go to the banks yep. and find out how much the banks will lend mm -hmm, commercial mm -hmm. wise. Then the next is there's, there'll be a shortfall based upon what you need to to actually buy it, and then also to do some renovations mm -hmm. to to get it up to the to 
the polis standard, yep. right? So there's obviously going to be a gap of money there. Mm -hmm. And let's just say, you know, for lack of numbers, let's just say it's seven million. Mm -hmm. So now you're you're seven million dollars mm -hmm. short to acquire this next asset. You have some funds now. How do you how do you go about today raising that seven million dollars? What's what's the process? Well, okay. So first off, it's done a little differently for us yeah. than than what you described. Okay. Again, good. Please. You know, my my theme song today is organic, organic, organic. Yes. Right. So um, I had. A, probably about 25, so I, I, I gotta give you the whole story if yeah, you don't please, mind. Please, please, um, so, um, You know, I, I had right, about- I, I shouldn't have keep inviting myself here for lots of time, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm putting words in Brian's mouth here. You're going, you gotta get out here in about a half an hour, Ross, by the way. <laughs> so I, I had about 25 properties, I guess, and I was doing uh, real estate investing. Mm -hmm. I had maybe about, uh, sorry, I was doing uh, business coaching. Yeah. Um, I had a, probably four or five joint venture partners mm -hmm. that um, owned part of those 25 properties that I had uh, accumulated. Um, and I was doing it with relative ease. Mm -hmm. um, I always hate the question is what was your biggest challenge? Because, you know, quite honestly, without sounding arrogant, I really never had a major challenge in real estate oh, investing. Oh, that's intentional though, that's by design. Well, it's probably because I had a tremendous amount of challenges in the furniture industry. Maybe so, well, maybe I paid my on, dues there. On so. the other hand, if someone says one of the things you probably have regret is maybe you didn't move fast enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those things go hand in hand. Exactly. Sometimes you go too fast, maybe right. lots of challenges, Absolutely. being missed, clean it up. Right? Yeah, so Kyle, um, who was, I guess about 15 when mm -hmm. I first bought my first rental property. Um, and even before then, when I was bringing books and leave it, I'd just leave them on the, mm -hmm. on the coffee table. He, you know, my wife actually pointed out one time, she says, look at that. And it's like, and I looked over and he's walking out of the room with a book that was on the coffee table. Mm -hmm. And it was one, I, I think it was Don's book. Right. Okay. And off to his room he went and his reading uh, skills are much better than mine. So he swallowed it within 24 hours. He read the entire book and was starting to then ask me questions and so on. But anyways, to fast forward that story, when he was going off to university, um, now this would be a couple of years later, he had said to me, when I graduate, he says, we're gonna open up an investment company. Now keep in mind, I still had my furniture yeah. business at that time and I was just, I maybe had about five, three or four properties at that time, I didn't have many. So I kind of laughed that off. But you know, he, he went to business school, um, graduated business school. And again, by then I was now into coaching and I was, um, um, had about 25 properties. He was trying to, um, he was looking at the job market at that time mm -hmm. and that was 2008, 2009. Okay, okay. Good time. <laughs> so good he time. decided, um, well, he, and he had to finish his military training because he, he was a reservist. Yeah. So, um, so he spent the first kind of six months after he graduated mm -hmm. uh, finishing or completing his, his uh, military training. And then after that, with the job market being what it was, because you know, with the what was happening in the U.S., which was spilling over a little bit in in, in Canada, the jobs in finance were just weren't there. Yeah. Right. So he decided to backpack um, his way out uh, to, out west and worked in the oil rigs um, way up north. Um, you know, I think he was like. I don't know, five hours north of Edmonton. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, he worked there for the winter, and <laughs> and that'll that'll put some reality into oh, things. Oh, absolutely. In one winter. <laughs> absolutely. He came home that spring, and it was like, okay, enough is enough. You know, yeah. What are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, so we 
we started just talking about, you know, mm-hmm. what I was learning as far as real estate. I, I knew that what I was dur- doing and what I achieved was doing it really with my eyes closed. I yeah. really wasn't applying a lot of attention to it. It was just, again, just organically building it. Um, it was actually relatively easy for me because I just applied, mm-hmm. you know, proper business sense. Now, yeah. that's a whole discussion in itself. And, you know, where I when I advise individuals that are getting into this business that have no business experience and no real estate experience mm-hmm. is go and get business books, learn about marketing, right. learn, learn about financing and so on. You have to learn about the business before you can buy a business, right? Makes sense. So, and I look at a rental property as you're buying a business, Absolutely. like it or not, you're buying a business. Yeah. And it's like, business so in a box. you would never think of going and mm-hmm. buying, you know, a restaurant and not learning how to run a business. You would, mm-hmm. you know, gain those skills. So. Anyways, um, Kyle then, uh, Kyle and I just, you know, continue this discussion and, and realized that with his help, you know, he would be more my acquisitions guy, boot, boots on the ground. Um, with his help, we could partner together and now start looking for, you know, for the first time, rather than organically looking for joint venture partners, we can actually start promoting ourselves a little bit. Right. And so that was the beginning of it. And um, so... We started um, looking at different properties, talking to different people. And so the first few properties with joint venture partners at that stage now were a little bit more like what you're talking about, where um, I now had a property and I had people that had expressed interest in the past. Mm. I would then, you know, kind of send everybody an email that basically said, hey, you've expressed interest in the past. I've got this deal I thought you might be interested in. Let me know if you'd like to learn more. Right. And what was interesting about that is, is that obviously not everybody said yes. Um, and there were some deals that I just couldn't get funded and, mm-hmm. and, and would move on. But the interesting thing though, is that I was learning first off how to approach yes. people and what it is they needed to um, to know and fear being the, the biggest one for these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so then how to address that in, in some of these initial emails so that they yeah. would get, or, or help them get, get past yeah. that fear almost in the initial stage. And, um, the interesting thing, though, is that when I would send these people then a second deal, that at that time they they may put their hand yeah. up. So it just kind of worked that way. Um, Kyle then ended up at a an event in Edmonton, a rain mm-hmm. event in Edmonton. It was a multifamily event, and I remember him calling me, and he was incredibly excited. And I won't use my crude way of describing what he, how excited he was, but you know, he was incredibly excited that he just learned this amazing technique. And yep. he was just, because he was talking to Thomas and he was talking yep. to Dominic and, and talking to Loeffler and, yep. and you know, a number of different individuals that are, you know, uh, experienced at this industry. Mm-hmm. And this is where he learned all about limited partnerships yep. and the ability to be able to create an offering memorandum and therefore then being able to present that to investors across the country and they can invest as a group. Right. Um, And that's kind of how it all started. Um, So it wasn't really about finding a building 
and then right, okay. it was about forming the limited partnership. So you, you get them fund, and yep. then fund goes, finds assets to deploy money Exactly. Yeah, Our okay. type of offering is mm -hmm. one of the most difficult to launch because yep. it's called a blind pool. Okay. Okay, and it's a blind pool simply because I'm looking to attract you as an investor, yep. and yet there's no assets within this portfolio. Right. You're just trusting I'm going to find one. So essentially you're relying upon um, things that you've done in the past and here's our what our portfolio has done in the past That's and this right. is our typical bread and butter what we're looking exactly. for. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So there's a number of different approaches. There's some mm -hmm. individuals when it comes to a limited partnership will choose to find the property first. Yep. They'll tie the property up and then go and look for the investors right. and using the limited partnership structure to bring all of these individuals right. together. Well, you also, um, and I know this firsthand because I, 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 I don't know how many times I've been as a host of an event mm -hmm. and how many times yep. I had to introduce you right. and Kyle. And the, but here's, here's what I'm trying to get to is you guys always had a deal on the go. You always had something on the go, something to offer people. And that's that, yeah. I think that's a, a critical thing is you're always in some kind of a deal flow that mm -hmm. you just never know when somebody's going to put their hand up. And it could have been somebody you talked to seven years ago. They're finally now ready yeah. to, to yeah. move forward. Right? Exactly. And it, it does work that way. That's right. Nice. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, I, I said earlier that we're incredibly focused mm -hmm. and the more focused you become on on your model. Yeah. It's interesting how deals end up, you know, coming to you before you're even yep. kind of ready to right. receive it. So now if we fast forward to today's model, mm -hmm. um, uh, if now I could be completely wrong in how I'm describing this, so please correct me if I'm wrong. So so in, in essence, you almost outsource the raising of capital now to yep. a network of the exempt market dealer correct. channel. Yeah, and, and it can be quite costly. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe we can share some numbers uh, mm -hmm. on this, or maybe we'll have to reset the cameras here in a bit. But um, so essentially, you offload all the regulatory, all the marketing. In, in essence, you mark off, you outsource. No different than you would outsource property management or yeah. outsource renovations. Yeah. You know, outsource raising of capital to experts. That that's mm -hmm. what they do. Yes. Um, so is that the model that you're doing right now? Through correct. Around? Okay. Correct. So if you look at, again, so to recap, yeah. um, start off by buying properties myself, yep. then, you know, friends, family start investing or mm -hmm. joint venturing with me in some deals. But again, just really being done organically. Um, Kyle then joins the team and mm -hmm. we kind of turn up the heat a little bit and start now um, taking deals and presenting them to yep. to uh, people that have expressed interest in yep. joint venturing. Um, and then the next step after that was is creating our first offering. Yep. We created our first offering and went and did the, the and, and it, I was incredibly naive. Yep. I thought, you know, if you look at the, the stock market at that time and mutual funds and so on, they were up and down and up and down and people were, you know, um, incredibly desperate mm -hmm. in looking for an alternative way to invest. What I didn't realize though, is that as much as they were saying that, I didn't realize that they were locked in fear and that that didn't mean that if you present an alternative that they would move it. Right. And that was a tremendous lesson that I had learned mm -hmm. right at that point. We had spent, you know, over a hundred thousand, close to two hundred thousand dollars creating the structure, yep. which is the offering memorandum and all the marketing materials and everything that you mm -hmm. have that you need in order to be able to present it to the public. Yep. Okay. 
And because um, again, the Securities Commission is is you know watching over you on mm -hmm. every step, and um, you can't misstep, yeah. and um, which could be incredibly costly. So we then you know I remember our first you know kind of conversations with the people that have over the over the years had said if you create a limited partnership that or they would know the language of mm -hmm. course as far yep. as limited partnership, but if you create something where I can put my RSPs, you've got my money. Right. So. I wasn't naive in thinking I was going to get all of it, by the way, but mm -hmm. I did think I was going to get 50% of it, right. okay? Well, I can tell you, we were lucky we got 10% of it, mm. okay? It's like people are just locked in fear. So the first offering, what we were experienced with, or sorry, what we ex what we experienced was we were just entering the, what was called now the exempt market space, yes. okay? It was an unregulated space prior to 2010, okay. right? And so in 2010, the industry became more, more regulated and the Securities Commission was, was really breathing down the necks of mm -hmm. everybody involved in this space, including the ones that were raising the money. So therefore, they were incredibly um, particular on who they took on as a client. So these brokers that mm -hmm. are across Canada um, which most people in Ontario, and well, mo most people across Canada have never yeah. even heard of, yeah. but mostly in Ontario they haven't because of the fact that the securities laws here were so tight yes. that you know um, you had to be accredited in order, which basically means that you are high net worth individual yeah. and high income earner, yeah. okay? Those rules have now changed where now the masses can invest in this, mm -hmm. but still though, it's an unknown space. Yeah. So you've got now these, these EMDs that only represent 25 clients at a time mm -hmm. that we're trying to have them represent us and they're basically saying, you don't have the track record. And it's like, well, yeah. sure we do. I've already been in business for right. you know, all my life already. Yep. And it's like, you know, but it wasn't enough. We didn't have the track record in the public space. Right. Okay. Now they don't call it public, by the way. We're just we're calling it public in this conversation mm -hmm. because for us it basically means dealing with people we didn't know. Right. Right. Yeah. And but in the you know it, it, to you, to be politically correct, if we're talking you know with advisors or whatever, they don't consider this private space because or sorry public space. They yep. still consider it private. They're private investments, is what they are. Right. So the. So we, we were hitting a wall. We couldn't get a broker to, mm -hmm. to represent us. And um, finally, we were able to find a small boutique shop in, uh, in, in Toronto that didn't even have a sales force. Yep. Um, so we had to put our own sales force together and they got licensed through this individual's um, brokerage. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then off we went. You know, to raise money, but it wasn't being raised for us. We had to. You, you had to we had work. to do all the heavy even, lifting. Even today, now that you probably, I think you've transitioned into a larger one of the largest one, larger ones around. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're spending most of your time trying to get excite them to Absolutely. push it on your Absolutely. behalf. So that's your job is really to give them the tools and collaterals in order to, because at the end of the day, they, they eat what they kill. Exactly. In, in essence, and, and uh, they want to make sure that they have something that can sell. That's right. Now, from the beginning, you know, it's always about establishing credibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's about demonstrating that through your track record. Okay, mm -hmm. so the longer you're in business and the more you're showing up yep. and you keep showing Captain up, show up, okay, da, da, da. <laughs> and you keep showing up is that, yeah. you know, and again, using the words of wisdom that I learned when I was in my early 20s, where mm -hmm. just 
do it at 150 yep. percent and opportunity will present itself mm -hmm. and that's exactly how we've been mm -hmm. able to grow this company so today you know fast forwarding to today i mean i don't i don't present to investors yep. any longer sure we get the 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 odd call and i will will yep. um uh, you know present to 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 a group perhaps but on the most part i've got a marketing company that mm -hmm. basically handles that yep. we've got brokers um we're we're now on four what they call shelves, uh, yep. where we have four brokers that are representing us, and we've got three others right now that are doing reviews on us. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, nice. but uh, yeah. Uh, that whole 16 years later of working your tail off, day in, day out, not overnight <laughs> success. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I gotta do one more camera reset, mm -hmm. and um, the last segment I always kinda just do, the next the next segment, what I wanna talk about is, I'm gonna do a little bit of recap of mm -hmm. kind of the conversation, but I, I wanna find out what's next. I wanna mm -hmm. find out what's next for you. Yeah. Um, and 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 maybe you go, geez, you, uh, Brian's going. I want to find out what's next for me too, right? So, so I, I, I'm really interested in 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 hearing you've you've reinvented yourself three times. Mm -hmm. So what's what's and maybe this one's next. I don't know. I want I want to hear from you. What's what's next for you? So we're just going to do a real quick reset of the cameras and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm sure hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just wanted to take a quick pause to today's show and share with you a key real estate team member to help you grow your real estate portfolio. When it comes to funding your income properties, it is critical to take a strategic approach versus a traditional transactional approach to your financing. In order to grow, you will need access to capital. And if you're feeling like you've hit the wall with mortgage qualification, I'd encourage you to speak with one of the team members at Streetwise Mortgages. They've helped thousands of investors scale up their portfolios and also brand new investors get into the game of real estate investing. Book a time with them to have a custom created financing roadmap. On top of the financing roadmap, you'll receive a summary report on the best 18 Ontario markets to invest your money. To book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, please email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That's info at streetwisemortgages.com. There'll be a link in the show notes below. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Now back to the show. Well, welcome back everybody. So. Um just thoroughly enjoying my conversation with Brian here. <laughs> um, interesting, I just noticed here the exciting transformation is coming to downtown Brampton. Yes. So it's, I guess it's kind of a, an interesting segue into uh, what's next for you. Like, uh, so ever since, you know, 16 plus years and, and you know, up to $100 million very soon, mm -hmm. soon to be a $100 million yeah, dollar yeah. asset portfolio. Um, <laughs> you know, public raising of capital now become a grandpa mm -hmm. during the time yeah. frame. So, yeah. so what is, what's the next, uh, what's the next version of Brian that we're, you're going to be um, transforming into? Well, first off, you know, on a personal, on a personal yep. side is spending as much time to organize a vacation that I would to conduct a business meeting. Okay. Okay. Um, so I've spent all my life being very, very focused on on business, mm -hmm. and um, not that I haven't had a great life and and, yeah. and enjoy a lot of things. It's just, you know, his, my my wife and I, because she's the same. We we joke that, you know, it's you know, and we're we're leaving for Florida actually in a couple of weeks, and we're going down for a month, and we don't talk about it. We'll be talking about it yeah. on the way down right. as to what we want to do. 
Okay. Right? It's kind of like the day of is when you start planning your vacation. Mm. So we're trying to change that. So we've had some incredible trips over the last couple of years, Um, um, you know, going all through, you know, Australia and New Zealand and so on. And, you know, and uh, then last year through Asia and, and, uh, but it's trying to slow down and and kind of focus in on some of those Mm -hmm. great things to enjoy life. Um, On a business side, I'm in a great spot. It's, um, you know, working here and working within the company, um, I don't need to be here every day of the week. I have my responsibilities and those responsibilities can be done from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Give me a laptop and a cell phone and and I'm good. you know, and so I'm able to continue to push things along and because really that's my job is I'm yep. pushing people along. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant, mm-hmm. but I'm working with them to push things along, getting mm-hmm. things to the next, you know, next step. Right. You just said something golden that along that entire journey that you talked about, I guarantee that when it was time to take the next organic step, that's mm-hmm. the word yeah. probably the most of the organic, yeah. is that you just relied upon, let the lawyers go draft up the documents, yeah. let the, you know, the acquisition team go find what they need to do, yeah. right? And just stay in your lanes. Right? Yeah, Everybody, well, what my brilliance is, yeah. this yeah. is, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting when I recovered, when I uncovered what my brilliance is. My yeah. brilliance is, is assembling really smart mm-hmm. people, yes. much smarter than I am, mm-hmm. but putting them all together in the sequence that need to be put together at the time they need to be put together mm-hmm. in order to create something brilliant. And it's like, and because I am, you know, how does my son say it? I measure, he says, he was talking to a contractor once. He says, you got to be careful because you're going to be working with him all the time. Yeah. He measures efficiency by the second, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I hold people accountable and I'm not exactly, probably not not voted, mm-hmm. you know, to be the most pleasant person to work get, with at times. You won't get the congenial award? <laughs> no, I mean, but but I, I, get, so, I get so focused, I, I sometimes, forget that there's you know human beings that are working alongside me that that maybe are not appreciating the way I'm doing things but uh, and I do try to change that by the way but um, but anyways the role I get to play now is I get to help in keeping some of these things push being pushed along of mm-hmm. course but I also am able to because the staff don't see me as their immediate boss mm-hmm. I'm able to now create a, a coaching program here and working with the staff from from yeah. that capacity and we're having a lot of fun at it yeah. and they really enjoy it because they 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 end up seeing how how different we think yeah. um, you know where we for example we give staff off we give them Fridays off throughout the summer right. why do we do that because we believe that you worked to live not mm-hmm. live to work yeah. right and you know it's it just kind of creating programs for the staff um, to really make them feel a part of the team and really give them the the ability to be able to contribute to the future success yep. of the company and not you know, kind of working for a dictatorship. Well, it's you're just creating the next uh, next level of leaders mm-hmm. and inspiring leaders. And and I and I had a little um I had a little smirk. I don't know if you could see. I had a little smirk when you were talking about but how how ironic. And you mentioned it earlier. I'm just going to reiterate how ironic that. Um, for something that was such a big chip to you mm-hmm. of the the educated smart people <laughs> exactly, yeah. that you're how many of them are working for you that's in, right in essence yeah 
Yeah, right? absolutely. So, so absolutely. well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well done. Yeah, and it's not lost on me. Like yeah. I say, it's like I do get a big smirk on my own face sometimes yeah. when this is going, when it's actually happening. Yeah. Mr. PhD. And in my world, you know, PhD stands for pig-headed determination, mm-hmm. right, in the yeah. entrepreneur space. But when, when somebody, you know, fancy education comes and they're saying, well, Brian, what, what do you think I should do? <laughs> well, an exercise that Stephanie had me do, which I, I'm going to share with, with everybody because I think it was, you know, for me, it was the, 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 the crossing point, mm-hmm. you know, is where she had me do this exercise where it was like, you know, take a piece of paper and pen and didn't, she didn't suggest I do it on my computer. And it's like, and just write down, just empty your brain as to, you know, what is it that you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Who, who are you? Yeah. You know, and so if, if you were kind of being interviewed, for example, and some of you say like, so so what? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, why invest with you as opposed to investing with me is yeah. really where, where she was kind of going with that. And, you know, and she, she already knew me well enough that mm-hmm. I was going to come at it at a very high, high approach yeah. and, and not really appreciate some of the little things that I'm doing that yeah. are huge. Okay. So, you know, after, you know, after I had done the exercise and I sent it to her and she kind of looked at, she kind of not threw it back, but kind of tossed it back in the sense Mm -hmm. that nowhere near as deep as I'm looking for, you know? And she then gave me some suggestions though. She did kind of guide me into her, where she was kind of trying to take me in as far as the path. And it was incredible. It was an incredible experience when you start realizing just the little things you do. So for example, I see no value, because I never really thought about it, of course, but I see no value that I had read, you know, you know, like, tens of books or, you know, hundreds of books on, on business and improving myself and, and real estate. And, you know, that, that didn't, I didn't see that as something worthy of putting down as a, as a, you know, as a skill set. Or the fact that, you know, I had spent hours going to, you know, rain meetings and, you know, and, and, and other meetings and, and again, seeing no value in that, or the fact that I had contact information of some of the most influential people in real estate, simply because I was part of, you know, of an organization. And again, all of these things is what she was looking for Mm -hmm. in the sense that this is the sum of you when it, when we're talking about business and what you're coming through the door with. And it's like, so an individual that's choosing to say, you know, sit at home and watch the football game on a Sunday afternoon where I'm, you know, going to a seminar and learning about real estate, you know, it's like not that either one is good or bad as much as that's why this individual Mm -hmm. most likely invest with this individual, right? And so that's where, you know, really started to gain my confidence in those skills. And and as you say that, and I'm only speaking for myself, I can't speak for you. I just know I, I feel the same way. And sometimes we diminish our accomplishments, mm-hmm. and I and I only speak for myself. I was doing a lot of deep inner work, very similar to what you yeah. talked about. Is it comes down to an insecurity? It comes down to your Absolutely. own personal insecurity that what you have to offer people don't want. Yeah, and and maybe that comes from we can honestly goodness we could have an entire another interview on that whole but, thing. But too, the, the, right? the the thing is though is that as much as we could have a conversation yeah. about about that, we just did. Yes, you know because really. You know, if, if you're hearing my story, it's mm-hmm. a very big part of the story is really about, um, you know, the the, ca- the the money that we're raising today. Yes. Okay. Let me tell you that, you know, what, I, what I'm hearing today from, from people from the outside is yeah. that, you know, when they introduce themselves to us and are looking to do business with us, they say, you know, um, 
I just keep hearing that you guys do what you say you do. And I, I turned to actually a, a, an individual that's a, that's a little younger than me, mm-hmm. but still old enough to appreciate that. Do you not remember when that was just standard? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was it's the, like that was the way of living. Right? <laughs> well, exactly. I grew up in that house, and I guess yeah. I drew that. I, I, I drank that Kool Aid. Yeah. I'm so appreciative that my parents, you know, and my dad was was quite a hard, hard I, I won't, I won't uh, use the, uh, the ASS word <laughs> after that, but I mean, like he was a really strict man and I'm yeah. really glad that he instilled that value in me. Mm-hmm. That if the words leave your lips, yeah. regardless of the consequence, you yeah. now have to complete that task. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, I, and I've tried to live by that. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is, is that, you know, credibility is incredibly important. If you're gonna start, if you, if you have the inkling of, you know, going and developing a limited partnership, mm-hmm. if you're not credible, then you're gonna have a tremendous challenge in this. Yep. It's yep. that our growth has been simply because we keep doing, we keep showing up, yep. and we keep doing what we say we're going to wow. do. Yeah, and, and guys, if you've been watching a lot of the modules I'm creating, and I, I'll share you right off the bat, one of the, one of the greatest skills sets of a person raising capital is a person who can tell a good story, mm-hmm. like who can who can instill people to transform, to get off their assets, yeah. to invest with you. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful skill set. The only thing that trumps that is the ability to make the story come true. Yes. Right. Yes. That is more important Absolutely. is the is the execution of the story. And I tell you what, if you mirror, if you match amazing story with execution on story and being open and honest and vulnerable and everything and there's gonna be missteps and but just be honest and clean them up along the way you match those two honest there's nothing stopping you you're you're, you're unstoppable and you know the ironic thing is and you said it is um things that is common sense is not common practice that's right right yeah and you don't know how much you can separate yourself just by doing what you say you're going to do exactly. uh, out there in the marketplace. And the other part yeah. of it is educating too, of course. Yeah. It's like, so we raised our, we raised about $6 million mm-hmm. um, in our first offering. Yeah. And that was where I cut my teeth in this whole industry. And cause that's where I first started dealing with the public, let's yes. call it, okay. Although it's still a private asset, um, but what I had to learn was, is helping people get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. So helping them with fear, helping them with knowledge. It's like, so take a, an individual that wants to invest in real estate and feels for a second that, well, but if I invest with you, then I'm, I don't have, you know, capital to invest, mm-hmm. you know, myself. Um, or, you know, so what I'd ha- help people do is understand that for, maybe perhaps they have um, registered funds, yeah. which, are not easily be able able to use in your own investment mm-hmm. legally, <laughs> and so um, so that was a means for them to perhaps maybe diversify their portfolio by 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 investing their RSPs or their TFSAs into an offering like ours allows them then to participate in a real estate investment. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it, it could be a means of being able to diversify your portfolio. So, yep. although I was a real estate investor and had rental properties myself. I wasn't working in the Hamilton market at that time yeah. and wanted exposure in Hamilton, so I joint ventured with a couple of individuals that were right. in, in the Hamilton area. So it, it's really about educating people as well and, mm-hmm. and having the patience to, 
to and and the desire. I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy educating people. I enjoy nice. you know kind of sharing what uh, what I've learned. Well, I got two things I want to just kind of wrap up here, and I will wrap because I knew we should get out of your <laughs> out of your officers. You're, you're a busy man and got lots to do. Um, um, but before I forget, where can people? Um, um, get in contact with you if they're interested and they like what they've heard or maybe they want to check out some performance mm -hmm. uh, of things or where, where would be the best place to get a hold of you at? Probably the best place to go to is our website, yep. which is uh, www.polisinvestments, that's P-U-L-I-S, yep. which is my last name, um, investments.com. Okay. Um, and from there, they can see a video of mm -hmm. um, kind of who we are and what we've done and what we're doing um, and uh, learn you know some basic information yep. of, of, of who we are. Um, and also there's a contact us kind of section there where they can communicate with us. Right um, and, uh, and and I always welcome phone calls. I love mm -hmm. talking to people that uh, that are, are, are looking for some information, not just to invest with us, but also mm -hmm. for them to take it to another level. A little level. bit of direction too, at times yeah, too. Yeah, like I love that, it. That's yeah. what you love to do. Um, I'm gonna offer you something here as, um, before we do wrap up and I'm gonna ask you, the last question I'm going to ask you, give you a little bit if you wanted some thought, mm -hmm. but um, is, you know, a final inspiring message if somebody's watching this and maybe just to maybe feel a little stuck. That would mm -hmm. be the final question. But what I wanted to offer to you is um, just some outsider looking in feedback. Mm -hmm. And I have always viewed what you have done from the best way I could describe it would be classy. It's it's um, it is professional. It is nothing ever frenzied or or fanatic or you know you got your ducks in a row mm -hmm. is the best is one of the best ways I can describe it, and um, and it's always been a guidepost for myself to kind of measure a professionalism and a classiness of the materials of just the way you present yourself and the way you just hold it. And, and I guess it's the best way to say is I've been a fan of everything that you've ever done. And I, and I know that's by design of what you've mm -hmm. done. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I've had a chance to, to get to know you, <laughs> Thank and, you and see what this has been about because it's just, I guess the easiest way to describe it is, I, other than just saying it's probably some of the best of the best materials I've seen put out there. Thank you very much. Class, I really appreciate that. Is the best way I can say it. Yeah, thank you. I right. appreciate that. It's, you know, I, I guess you know, it's always been to try to hold ourselves to a higher mm -hmm. standard. Um, we don't want to, and again, where the organic part was coming yep. from, as much as that, I don't want to deal with people in business that don't want to deal with us. Yeah, brilliant. You know, and. Um, that came right from our furniture industry as well. It's like mm -hmm. when we'd have you know people you know complain, we'd always worked very hard in trying to figure out. It was always analyzing what is that complaint. So yeah. forget about what they're saying. Yes. What are they really saying? What is the real issue? Yeah. And what can we do to improve? Right. right. And so um, you know, so yeah, I appreciate those words. No, Thank you. They come from the heart. Thank so, you. and as you know, that's where I, I wear my heart on my sleeve <laughs> with, with with most things. And sometimes I've been accused of being too soft and too nice, but hey. I never get accused of being that, but I live my, my life on my sleeve too, but it's usually because I'm too blunt. <laughs> uh, so, so final thing, and, and you know, pick whichever camera, maybe this one over here has got okay. the nice thing. It's, what what um, final words of wisdom or advice would you offer, some inspiration for somebody who's maybe just, maybe they're just a little stuck and maybe just uh, help take the next step forward? 
Wow, that's that's pretty loaded because I can go at that from a number of different ways. But I would think that, um, you know, believe in yourself, you know, really believe in yourself. And, um, you know, as I as I kind of share with individuals today is that being self-aware and knowing what your skills are and, you know, and being aware to the point of being honest with yourself in, in, in that I'm not really good at, at, at certain things. And therefore then assembling people or team around you to be able to, you know, to move those things forward. Um, and do what you say you're going to do. You know, over the years, again, I had the privilege of being a part of, 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 a part of RAIN and going to the meetings all the time. And, you know, it would frustrate me when I would meet people that every time I would see them, and it could be months in between each time, they were presenting a different investment strategy to me, mm. to the one that they were talking about before. So I never got that, I, I could never really, if, if I was talking to Russ and Russ mm -hmm. said he had some money and he wanted to put it in you know, um, horse stables, for example, well, I can never refer you because I didn't know that you were doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, that may be a poor example, but yeah. my point simply is, is that by walking into a room and saying, I specialize in X, and even though perhaps you don't really feel that you're a specialist in X, but you are learning everything you can, so you certainly more, would know more than most people in the audience yep. at that particular time, and that you're doing everything you can to have credibility within that and learning everything there. But it's so much easier then for people around to remember that person specializes in X, so now when they're dealing with their friends or family, yep. And they say that they would like to invest in horse stables. Well, you just finished saying that it's what you specialize yes. in. So it's much easier than to to kind of refer people to you. So it's kind of really, I guess all I'm saying is, is that know yourself, know what you what you're good at, what you're bad at, and assemble the people around you that can can help you in in, in that endeavor. And um, and being clear, being clear yes. and focused on a path. So what is that path? And uh, again, for me, at first it was student housing. Yep. Um, then it was duplexes, triplexes, and so on. Then it was apartment buildings. Yep. And do it all organically, and give yourself give it 150 percent. Exactly. Right on. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. All right, guys, so wonderful interview here with Brian. Uh, wow, there's so much, so many lessons. And I will do a real quick recap uh, after this video as well on, on the outro. So, guys, sure hope you enjoy it. The next lesson, the next video is coming up right away. Okay, bye for now. Thank you. All right, so what did you get out of that one? Wasn't that a, wasn't that a wonderful you know, bookend framework, a bookend to the story. Just wrapped it up with a with a with a nice bow at the end of things, and just um, you know, you know, like I said right from the in the first episode, right at ninety four, was Brian is just you know he's a gentleman. He is just a true gentleman, somebody who will take the time to help, someone who will just take the time to answer the questions, somebody who's just there. If you if you need help, he was he's always there. Okay. Now, speaking of that, if any of you are interested, maybe you're feeling a little bit stuck. Maybe you're just, you know, you're hearing these stories of people building hundred million dollar portfolios and the two billion dollar panel. And, you know, I'm probably gonna have another hundred million dollar investor that's upcoming here too. 
if you're hearing these things and, and it's, you know, freaking you out a little bit, or maybe it's causing you a little bit of anxiety, just understand that it is one step at a time. It's that organic growth. It is just the left foot in front of the right foot every day, taking the action every day, doing the work every day, setting out five things that you're going to do against your priorities against your 12 month goals, which line up to your values and your vision. Now, if any of you are needing some help executing against that plan, or maybe you just need help getting clarity on that plan. Um, if you are interested, I would be honored to have a consultation with you. Um, if you go onto my website, there are big, probably the biggest button on the top right-hand corner of it is probably says free consultation. So if that button is still up there and it is still working, um, that means I'm taking consultations still. There, there's no obligation. There's no charge. The only thing I ask is that you come prepared. You will have to answer a few questions. You will have to go to my booking app. You will have to jump through a few hoops in order to do this. But it's all designed to help you move forward. The questions that I ask you before we even jump on a call are absolutely critical to help us get to the bottom line of where you're stuck what action you need to do from here, what steps are the right steps for you to take. So if you are interested in booking one of those consultations in the show notes below or on my website, um, you can get a link and we'll have a conversation. If you do a little preparation, you answer a few questions, we'll go any direction you want to go and you got me for up to 45 minutes. That is a huge huge opportunity. One that I don't think you should let pass by. Now, if I get overloaded and overwhelmed with too many of those requests, you know, I may pull that down or I may actually may start charging or maybe even a donation or something. But right now they are 100% no obligation. They are free of charge. And my 100% intention is to help you move forward wherever you're at with the process. I've had a pretty good track record of coaching some of the most highest performing real estate investors out there. And I would love to be able to help you take the next, let's try that again. I would love to help you take the next step forward. Okay, gang, you know, we end each one, every one of these podcasts in every interaction you have with another person. Always, always, always leave them feeling inspired encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.